2: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and today
3: you want to talk about ego. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. Can I tell you why? Yeah, I'll tell you. Absolutely. Okay, Okay. so you know, like I'm taking this path of no return to new thought. Like I'm, (laughs) you know, (laughs) first time one way door. It's a a one way. way... This is stuff you can't unlearn. The the first thing, I mean, you know, when I came to your church and you said welcome home and I was just so blown away because it was like spirit saying you are finally where you're supposed to be but the transition and there is a transition it's not always that easy but I'm determined to do it even when I don't agree with something I just say yes and then figure it out and go with you until I learn it. So I think that's the only way to make a transition so here this ego thing this is one of those things you know I haven't I know what I think about it and I've heard you speak about it and I I don't disagree but I want us I want to get your thoughts a little better okay okay so I can match them with mine
3: okay and the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think, how you define, explain, and understand ego. And I will first make the pithy comment that if you have a whole group of people who are completely unattached to their ego selves, you'd never be able to take attendance. And at the front of the room, you'd say, <laughs> Carol Lawrence. And you say, I don't have to be Carol Lawrence. I have no attachment to answering that. And by identifying, yes, that's me, you can raise your hand and the meeting gets to continue uh, along. So it... Ego definitely serves uh, an important purpose. But to continue, what is ego to you?
2: I think of ego as an energy or an influence. And it can be such a terrible little rascal that leads you to make choices based on the wrong comparisons in terms of competition and making you think that you are something that you're not, or that you can do things you can't do. It just seems to always drive one in the wrong direction or in the direction that's not profitable and best for us. So I see it like that. I see it as something that is out of control most of the time. But I also think that it's useful if you learn how to get it under control and keep it under control, I don't think you can get rid of it. I really don't. I think it's there and you need to, you know, I had this dog once and it was the dog from hell if it was ever, a, <laughs> if it was ever a dog. Movie. Oh God, it was the worst. I have written so many, that dog has given me so many sermons, it's it's crazy. but. It was like he was out of control because I didn't know how to deal with the dog. And I look at the ego the same way. You know, if you can get it under control and use it to your best advantage, that's good. Now, it's not that easy, but that's what I think. And I probably think more, but I want to hear what you have to say.
3: Okay. I will first observe that you explain that in a completely understandable Carol Lawrence framework. And the reason that I could tell that is because your notion of working with your ego is about control, and historically, control is a big thing for you. So ego is one of those things that does challenge us. It doesn't necessarily challenge us. We just find that there are a lot of challenges that come from being in our egoic mental self. It's not necessarily a problem. and as you as you've observed, when it's in balance, when things are working properly then our ego is our is absolutely able to serve us so now I'll give you my spin on it and I'm taking it back to the beginning there is one infinite creative power that creates everything that has created each of us and I am more aware of the me that's inside of my skin that's inside of my awareness that's inside of my sliver of consciousness than I am other things and that's where my ego self lives, my understanding of me in relation to the rest of the universe. Now, philosophically, I understand that we're all one, we're all connected. It's an arbitrary boundary between the you know, edge of my body and the beginning of everything else, the portion of the timeline that includes my life. That's arbitrary. It's all part of the one. My ego is helping me maneuver through this human experience that I'm having as an expression of the divine. And I'm really good at figuring stuff out, of seeing how the pieces are fitting together and saying, oh, well, if we maneuver this and put that over there, then this is gonna work that way. And that's the way science works. That's the way technology works. That's the way politics works. That's the way medicine works. That's the way all sorts of things work. That's just as as a society, when we understand how the things are gonna fit together, we know if I say this in this group, then something really unpleasant is going to happen and if I say that to this person then it's going to be flattering and it's going to be well accepted and that's going to grease the skids for whatever it is that's coming next and that's all really very valuable as we're interacting and relating to each other the problem with our ego is when it thinks that it is the final arbiter that it's in charge and it knows what's going on and when my small self thinks that I am going to be driving the bus and We can do it, and it works for a while. It works right up until it stops working. And it's equally possible for us to turn to spirit, to open ourselves up to different possibilities, and allow ourselves to be informed in ways that we don't necessarily understand how of. That's what intuition is to me. Intuition is Mm -hmm. knowing something without knowing why you know it. Mm -hmm. Our ego is knowing stuff and knowing why I know it. Because I figured it out, because I learned it in school, because somebody taught it to me, because that's the way that these that's the way the world works. And our ability to let go of what we have known historically, and open up to something new, gets our small self ego out of the way, so that we can be informed by that infinite intelligence, and then something new gets added. Okay, so and yes, the ego gets a bad rap.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it it gets a bad rap, but you know, it deserves it, I think, at times, I mean, when the
3: ego is in control, and telling you that it knows everything and you got to do it my way and it's screaming and kicking and insisting and really unhappy when it's not getting its way yeah that's that's when that's when the our ego can be troublesome for us when it tells us even even though what I want to do is gonna hurt other people we need to do it my way it's like that's just bad that's just not gonna be helpful
2: well you see a lot of that you know that's to me that I use the term ego out of control I made this meter <laughs> in a book I wrote, I made a meter called the ego meter, and it's you know goes from out of no control, in control to out of control. And let me, I'll give you an example. I think this is an example. Okay. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing to the call, so to speak. But in the ego goes maniac everywhere. Like egomania is everywhere. But. Mm-hmm in the pulpit among pulpiteers not all but there is some ego action activity there sometimes and um, a lot of times people would exclude me from things assuming that I was wanting what they had that competitive kind of space Mm -hmm. and Nobody ever really ask anybody what they really want. It's just like the assumption that you want my kingdom or you want my space, and I would be excluded, and I felt a little bad about being excluded. But I also would also chuckle, thinking, "I don't want what you got there anyway. You, don't <laughs> really, like you have no idea what I really want." And I would be, and I would smile because I would think, "And you don't want what I want." So it, my ego never got energy from that kind of competitive space because it wasn't what I wanted. On the other hand, I was introduced to my ego. Listen at me confessing, right? I, I was introduced to my ego when I found out that there was, yeah, maybe a small group of people that did want the, the, the kind of thing that I wanted. And that was new to me, you know? I'm like whoa, wait a minute. But I thought, what made you do that? What made you recoil? It's like it's, it's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the space I want is so open. I'm not used to seeing too many people over there. And, and when I see something, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> do you, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. The,
3: the difference between uh, envy and jealousy.
2: I don't and, know what you, was. I hope it wasn't jealous. Like, I, I don't think I was jealous. I hope not.
3: Maybe, envy is think? where you see somebody else who has something and you want some of it. And jealousy is where you want them to not have it so you can take theirs. Oh, I didn't want to
2: take anybody's. I just, you know, like, I want all the sushi, right? I love sushi. I want all the sushi. So if they bring a tray, that's my tray. Even though it's for the table, that's mine. Now you order the extras that you want, that you really like, but this one here is mine. So, right? So to me, that's the that's the ego, right? That's my ego saying, wait a minute, you know, I, I want this sushi. Now I don't mind if you get what you want, but not off of this tray. You can gotcha. have the same thing, but not off of this tray. So when I saw that in the mirror, but it wasn't the mirror, it was like just a feeling that rushed through me, I thought, Whoa, like your ego is way out of control. Like you didn't even know that little rascal had energy over here. Mm-hmm. And so I got on it right away because I didn't like that. You know, I still love the sushi, but you got to share the tray. Well, yeah. And it's possible
3: to get a big enough tray that you can't finish it. Yeah,
2: well, you can't convince me of that, but, you know. (laughs) You you
3: what they call a healthy ego. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
2: (laughs) That sounds nice. I keep thinking. I'm keeping this little sucker out of under control because I don't want that to I don't ever want to feel that again.
3: Mhm. And as you go through relinquishing leading with your control freak card <laughs> as your official card carrying member of the control freak society as you stop leading with that what you'll find is that instead of being in a control battle with your ego you'll get into more of a space of harmony with your ego to understand what's yours and what's not yours and then have that be a partnership with spirit and let your ego be a part of the partnership rather than say I gotta keep my foot on your throat because otherwise you are going to jump up and take everything
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs>
2: as you were explaining that you know I'm, I'm going along with you like every word you were saying and I thought okay so now how have you been handling this because you're talking about harmony with it and I'm thinking, I don't know if that rascal can can just, you know, be cool. Like so I better keep my foot on the back of his neck and so <laughs> like, now how do how do I do it when I start to feel the energy of it? And I'll say things like, Spirit, what is mine? What mm-hmm. is mine? And be complimentary, genuinely admire other people for what they do, even if it's in the same space as me. And, yeah, so, and that kind of feels good. It does, because then I start thinking, well, you know what? If I admire you, I'll learn from you and I'll be better. So I thought, well, now, wait a minute. Is that your ego trying to, like, eat the crumbs off the table?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a hugely empowering word is and. That person can Mm -hmm. be tremendously successful and effective and wonderful and well-spoken. And so can I. Mm-hmm. and use them as a, as a model and as a template and as a mentor and instead of as a competitor let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk about how the ego fits into practical prayer that will be interesting
1: you can put practical prayer to work in your life and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. you will uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams Everything you need to know is on the website at B-The-Light.com. That's b lightcom Welcome back to The Practical
2: a podcast i'm carol lawrence here with reverend bill marcioni we've been talking about the ego
3: and now we're going to talk about the ego and practical prayer okay so practical prayer as we have been discussing low these many weeks is a technique for changing the experience of our life the full name is practical prayer for real results and we can tell if the prayer is working because we get results and the course of our life is changing and to talk about how ego fits into that. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. talk about praying for weather. It turns out that's one of the areas where I actually have a lot of success. One of my early experiences, Well, I was living in Tampa, we had season passes to Disney World, and a little child. And we finagled it so that we had a babysitter to take care of Tori, and we had the evening, and we were going to go to Disney, to Epcot for dinner. Now it's about an hour and 20 minute ride, and you know, up the interstate, and all the pieces were fitting together, we're driving up the interstate, and suddenly, as happens from time to time in Florida, there was an incredible thunderstorm, cloud burst, and there was, couldn't see 15 feet in front of us, it's like, it was, it was awful, it got to the point where, you know, we're slowing down, and we've got the wipers on high, and we're, just want to make sure we're not going to bump into another car on the interstate, and it's like, right this is now dangerous this might not be a good idea we may have to turn around and just cancel the whole thing because it's not worth endangering ourselves and, and putting our family in jeopardy and then I remember that I just recently learned this prayer technique I was like okay well let's do a prayer and I didn't do a prayer for the rain to stop the prayer that I did was for the rain to be in its perfect place and me to be in my perfect place And everybody to have their perfect experience. And as soon as I got to the end of the prayer, as soon as I got to So It Is, the rain stopped. Mm. Now, it didn't stop, it just stopped raining on me. (laughs) But it cleared immediately, as it does in in Florida. That's not an uncommon uh, experience. So the rain stopped, and that was really cool. And we continued driving, and of course, we're driving east, and the storm was going east, so it got ahead of us. By the time we got to Disney, The storm had been through, and the side effect of that is that the parking lot was not nearly as full as it usually is, so we got the closest in parking space that you can get to the entrance at Epcot. The place was completely rinsed clean, no crowd, got into the restaurant, it was spectacular, and as we came out from dinner, the uh, Illumination's fireworks show was just beginning. Uh So it worked perfectly. The reason I tell you that story is because if I let my ego think that it did that, if my ego thought it can control the weather, it would become so unmanageable. It would just, thats no, you can't do that. And to my way of thinking, that's why the second to last step in the prayer is gratitude. We are giving thanks giving thanks for that infinite creative power that creates everything you're giving thanks for the result or the experience that either that we're having or that's on its way we're settling into that feeling of gratitude because I don't think it's possible to be in our egoic head and in gratitude at the same time when we're in gratitude it's for something that is far bigger than us that's going on Mm -hmm. in all of the stories in the Bible I don't recall any of them where Jesus said hey look at these miracles I'm doing aren't I cool <laughs>
2: no, no. Yeah.
3: He he didn't do that. Other people said he was cool, but he himself did not because he knew it wasn't him. In fact, he said the it's not my ego thing by saying it's not I it's the father within who doeth the work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I see that. So so the ego is it's always going to be with us. We you agree with that? Oh yeah. You can't get rid of it. So I'll try to not look at it as my foot on the back of its neck. I'll try to be in harmony with it. I don't know. I don't think I'm a good example though. That was just one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a good example. I'm definitely, well, I don't know. I'm not a good example because if you say there's a a way to be in harmony, I'm gonna be seeking that. I'm gonna try to figure that out rather than to continue to come from the perspective of controlling it.
3: Well, our ego thinks that it can push stuff around at the the level of our experience and get the same result that the infinite can get when it's pushing things around at an infinite level.
2: Yeah. And
3: it's wrong. Yeah. It is simply mistaken about that. Now, being an ego, it it thinks very highly of itself. (laughs) It kind of goes with the name. And it's not. It's not. It is a very valuable tool that lets us raise our hand during roll call and do all sorts of other things that are important, like generally taking care of my environment and my, my day-to-day activities. That's my responsibility. My ego knows that. I got, a, I got a to-do list and I got things that are being taken care of. I've got commitments that I've made and my ego is going to keep me to it.
2: Yeah. It's a sneaky rascal, though. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I, now, OK, here's another example. I shouldn't
3: be telling you all this, oh, you should you should It's what makes tell- everybody me. want to listen to this. It's like, okay, do so. you hear the juicy stories that Carol told,
2: <laughs> okay, so somebody that was um I was subordinate to was really nasty to me, like really put their foot on the back of my neck all the time, mm. and I used to just look at them. I didn't get angry, I never got angry. I would just shake my head and said, it's like a megalomaniac, just an egomaniac, right? So few years passed and um, spirit elevated me in some ways, you know, to a rather visible place. And we were in this huge conference and I saw the person and I thought about all, all the stuff that they had done. And it was a lot, I promise you, it was a lot mm-hmm. flashed back. But I was still never angry. I just walked over, and this was nothing but ego. I knew when I was doing it. I was walking over because my, my picture was really big in this place. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of stuff, you know. And I said, mm, and they didn't know that that was going to be there. And I just walked over and I, you know, let them know how glad I was to see them and, you know, <laughs> I kind
3: of rubbed it in thank you for coming to my event it's great to have you to be one of the little people here supporting me
2: yeah and do you remember how you mooned me several times (laughs) publicly you know that's the equivalent of what it was publicly do you remember that but I was thinking that you know and I think like that was ego I think Mm -hmm. and so as we were standing there and I was feeling very vindicated, I thought, you need to be glad about where you have been about this situation minus this person, you, do you know what I mean? Oh it, yeah. Just even in the middle of the gloating, which was internally, <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting it right out there, right? Cause you like, they mold me so bad. And I thought, in the in the midst of that, and I'm looking at and I'm looking at their face, and it was just all over their face, like they didn't know what to say. There was an apology trying to come out, but there was their ego was saying, "I'm not a," pop. and I was just having a good time. And then I cut it off, and said, "You know what? If it were not for spirit, and this creating this situation, you wouldn't have this moment to gloat about." Mm-hmm. So think about that. Yeah. And I did this I just came down just like this. You know, and I I didn't feel apologetic to the person. Now I'm going to tell you that. But <laughs> I felt ashamed of myself for gloating in that moment. And guess what? I'm going to make it even worse since I already put it out there. I knew the person was going to be there. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And my my little stuff was front, center, big, and could not miss it. And I said, now, step on me now.
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) one of the the sayings we have is that what goes around comes around. And if we're trying to force something to happen when our ego is working at that level of I want to get into that conference so I can be in that place so that I can show him, that's a way high level. When you'd notice that the pieces that you have been working on are all going to come together in that confluence, and your ego says, this will be fun, then that's it coming around. And even the way that you're describing it, the balance point that you had of, on the one hand, gloating and having a good time with the gloating, and on the other, on the other hand, feeling the, the ashamed that you were looking forward to this and that you were so much in control of the situation, that's, that's an interesting balance point. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do a prayer about our ego.
2: You need to pray for me,
3: right? (laughs) Well, you'll be included. Okay.
1: (laughs) Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice, it's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective.
2: Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to do a practical prayer about the ego.
3: And in your mind, you're saying you're not going to actually do a prayer for my ego to like get bigger or stronger or be okay, are you? You Okay. Keep keep that sucker under control.
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? During the break, I was just thinking how terribly ashamed I felt about that. Like I kind of went back to that moment that I talked about, that I felt ashamed. And I just shook my head. I said, you know, that was really bad. And I know that I won't get there again because it really hurt a lot for mm. me to feel that way. You know, I think more of myself than that. So there's my ego, right? <laughs> I mean, no, I that's, that's
3: not your ego. That's I, that's consciousness speaking. That's, that's your truth.
2: Thank you. I, I really think more highly of myself than to be, to know that I behaved that way, so I know that's not going to happen again because it's just, and that was a couple, and that was years ago, by the way, and I can still feel it.
3: Yeah. Well, I had a career on the radio, uh, doing zany morning shows, and kind of I was a professional smartass, and my job was making fun of people, you know, to trying to, to deflate them, and I got to the point where I can't do it. I couldn't do it. That wasn't me anymore I couldn't be funny at somebody else's expense and it was terrifying because it's like maybe I'm not gonna be funny anymore and I've worked out a way to be funny without doing that and to be very entertaining and it's not confrontational it's not slash and burn and it's not make somebody else less than so that I can make the joke or myself be greater than Mm. and the whole thing is a learning process you know you went through that whole process where you you were being dominated by this person And then you use whatever the resources were to build yourself up to the point where you could smack them down. And it turns out that when you can do that, you didn't want to, you got to go through the process where you you could and then say, Oh, that's not me. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. 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 And that's perfect. So the prayer about our ego is not for our ego to be huge and our ego to know everything, and for our ego to be able to control all the circumstances. And the prayer is also not for our ego to go away. The ego serves a very important purpose of informing us as to who we are, and what it is that's ours to do next. And that's at a very local, immediate level in our lives here in the world. And we are also children of the infinite. We are divine and perfect expressions of the one. So the prayer is for the ego and the infinite that are connecting together through and as us to be in harmony. So let us go and turn our attention to that infinite creative power and presence. Turn away from all the stuff in the world around us, everything that our ego has controlled up until now, all of the things that we have our fingers on the button of. Turn away from that so we can open ourselves to that infinite creative power that creates everything, the one that has been since the beginning of time, the one that was before the beginning of time. Before the Big Bang, there was only whatever it is that's that impossibly dense combination of matter, energy, substance, intelligence, love, creativity. That one, the same one that's described in Genesis, is in the beginning there was darkness and void and God. It is that infinite power and presence that began sharing itself and began unfolding and revealing and expressing itself through and as all of its creation everything in this manifest universe is that one taking its own particular form It doesn't matter which story we go to it's all the same we are all that one power taking our own particular form expressed in our own specific and unique way and our ego is the awareness that we have of our individuality it is the way that that divine power and presence of the infinite is manifesting as me as each one who is listening to me now so it's not spiritual or egoic it is not divine or mundane it's a combination it is a partnership it is the opportunity for each of us to open ourselves to that divine possibility that's at hand at every moment to let go of our ego attachment to whatever has been recognize that we are expressions of that infinite creative power, that that divine mind is the mind with which we think, that that infinite love is the love with which we live, that our ego is that divine mind expressed in individual form. And it's just like breathing in and allowing the infinite to fill us up with something brand new, to allow that inspiration to happen, to allow that intuitive hit that tells us something that we don't know why we know. And on the exhale, to let go of our attachment to how things ought to be, to to the way things have been in the past, to thinking that we're in control. And we can do that in every breath. To let go of our attachment, to open up to something new. And then what happens is we are guided. That infinite creative power that creates everything informs us about new possibilities that are available to each of us, individually, to all of us together. And we are able in our own selves to understand the guidance to know which steps are ours to take next and then in partnership with our ego we take them and we take them with great effect because we understand how to take that new insight that new wisdom that new guidance and bring it to life in our world in our activities in our relationships in our bodies in our affairs and that good continues to unfold for each of us for all of us that partnership between the infinite that dwells within and our unique individualization that's the truth of who we are our individual self that partnership continues to unfold in ways that bring more good more joy more love more harmony more health more vitality more prosperity more sweetness more richness more creativity more love into our lives and into the world around us good and more good is at hand and I'm so so grateful for it I'm grateful for this awareness. I'm grateful for this possibility. I'm grateful for these new inspirations. And I'm grateful to know that, to the greatest extent possible, and even more, everyone who is within the sound of my voice is opening up to those new possibilities, letting go of what's no longer serving and inviting in what is the divine. And with gratitude for this good, I speak this word of intention. I release it into that creative law that has always said yes. And I now know without any question whatsoever it once again to saying yes and so i let it be and so it is so it is mm-hmm.